Hey out there to all people and shiny space warriors. This is Up All Night, a horror anthology podcast. I'm Brandon, and with me is the guy that never turns down a good cat stew, Cortland. How are you doing, Cortland? I'm doing pretty good, Brandon. How you doing? I'm doing okay. Yeah. Okay. That's good. That's good. So, I haven't talked to you That's in like a week. What have, what have you been up to? It's been too long. Um, not too much, Brandon. I, uh... I, w- I went back into office this week to work, so that sucked. <laughs> oh, terrible. Uh, no, I don't mind it. I'm a, I'm a pretty social person, so I, I talk to everybody around me. It was kind of fun to, to reconnect with everybody in the office and, you know, make my jokes and stuff. I'm hilarious inside and outside this podcast. Okay. Like, everybody has a thing in an office, yeah. I assume, from TV shows. Like, what, what guy yeah. are you? Uh, let's see. Based on office characters... I'm not Angela. <laughs> I like to keep everybody's moods up. I like to make lots of jokes in the office. I like to make sure everybody's happy. I'm part of what's called the fun squad at work, where is I that, plan like Is that the an potlucks. official thing, or is that a self-described? Oh my gosh, no. <laughs> it's an official thing. Okay. <laughs> I plan all the potlucks at work, so... Um, so you're the party planning committee. Yes, I'm the party planning committee. Yeah, exactly. So uh, at work, I, I have two desks because we're still doing, you know, the COVID, like, can't be within six feet. Yet we still do potlucks, but, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, my desk is now the designated snack desk. So I went to the dollar store and I bunch of, bought a bunch of snacks for people and, well, mostly myself. But I put them in my desk and I was like, guys, there's snacks over here. You can contribute. You can take, like... Everybody gets snacks, you know? Okay, so you're the snack guy. Yeah, and then I put in time that I only wanted to work in office two days a week. (laughs) So I was like, here's snacks, and I'm out. (laughs) Because I don't go into office on Monday, Tuesday, or Friday. (laughs) Wow. I know, I get like an extended weekend every week. Just hump days, yes. Wow, all right. Well, that's exciting. Back in the office. Fun stuff. So it's almost Christmas, Brandon. It's like, uh, I think Christmas is one week from today as of recording. As of this recording, yeah. Did you get your Christmas shopping done? Uh, mostly. Let's say I mostly got it done. Okay, that's good. What'd you get I need me? to buy more presents for me. <laughs> oh, I know, right? I haven't completed my list yet. Like, come on. When I was a kid, I was always excited about doing a Christmas list and then getting what I wanted. But as an adult, I kind of like not giving anybody a Christmas list and seeing what happens. You know, the chaos of it all. Yeah, chaos. One word to describe it. (laughs) The chaos of opening. The The chaos (laughs) of getting a thoughtful gift. (laughs) Yeah, 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 exactly. I like the thoughtful gifts. (laughs) Total anarchy. (laughs) <laughs> there's paper everywhere <laughs> i'm like a tornado when it comes to opening up presents because i just need to know what you thought i wanted <laughs> yeah i mean a gift you get it's it's like a reflection of how people view you right what a social experiment yeah so it's like if you open something and it's like you think i would fucking like this well, you were I right know. but, this you, is but amazing. you do it with a smile right yeah yeah if it's a really shit gift you just like yay you know? What's the worst gift you've ever gotten? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'd have to think about it. I don't, I don't usually get bad gifts. I mean, there's things that I get that I just like never end up using, but I like to have because I'm apparently a hoarder. I don't know. <laughs> My mom likes to get movies, and this wasn't for me, but she got um she got my brother-in-law 
um, Midnight Cowboy, because he was really into, like, westerns at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Midnight Cowboy is kind of like the, like, 1960s or the 1980s version of Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> uh, it's very much not a western. Well, she didn't know. It said... <laughs> It was like Midnight Cowboy or whatever, right? Was yeah, like, I mean, I can see, I, I, I literally I can forgot. see the leap of logic there. Yeah, I got five hours of sleep. So, but yeah, he, he got Midnight Cowboy, and him and my sister kind of snuggled up, and they were watching it, and then they were like, "Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm gonna use his as my worst gift. <laughs> All right. Oh, one what? time I got Dreamcatcher though. Never plan on watching that. So, yeah. Oh. Okay. What about well, you? What about you, Brandon? Uh, well, it's an easy one because uh, one year I got a bag of candy corn. Oh, and uh, who did this to you? I hate candy corn. Who gave you that? <laughs> I'm cheating a little bit here because it was a gag gift because my wife knows uh, I hate candy corn, so she was like, "I love that. candy corn," but I was still like, "Uh, uh fuck this." <laughs> That's great. See, if you would have dove into the bag of candy corn, you would have found your real present. <laughs> oh, the layers. Oh, my God. But you threw that shit out, and your wife was just like, no, there was a very special expensive gift <laughs> in the bag. <laughs> oh, I ruined that viral video. Ugh, you're the worst. That's why I keep you on the show. Thank you. It makes myself look better, you know? I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, Cortland. Uh, yeah. We've got to stop talking about Christmas and rewind it. Okay. to halloween all right let's do it because today we are talking about attack of the jack-o'-lanterns yeah right interesting i wonder like okay so i know that there is the haunted mass part two in season two it's just really kind of weird to me that they have two halloween episodes in one season you think a little bit most shows don't have two sometimes they struggle to have one let's be honest well on a horror show i feel like you could mm-hmm. do Halloween all the time. Get away with it. True. True. Arl Stein don't play that way, though. He puts an average, normal, everyday sponge in his episodes, okay? Yeah. Our boys like, one and done, please. Cortland, what did you think of this episode? Let me see here. Attack of the Jack-O-Lanterns. Um, there were some boring bits, not gonna lie. Not gonna lie. I Overall, though, I thought it was fun. Like, uh... There was some good mystery to it that they kind of bring up a couple of times that um, kind of has a payoff in the end. So that was cool. Yeah, um, yeah. I like it. I, I, I know it's a little boring. Like you don't like spoilers. You don't really see a jack-o'-lantern until like, I don't know, 15, 20, somewhere it in between there. Wild, and isn't in. it? Yeah, there's I was really worried that um, especially in the first scene that this was going to be another talker. But um, stuff does happen, so I like it. Half the dialogue is the same thing repeated over and over, so... Right, right. Yeah. There's some concern in there. Um, You know, there's some, like... It's all about, like, oh, should I have my kid trick-or-treat, you know? Because there's stuff going on. And, um, yeah, it makes me wonder, like, what I would do in this kind of a situation, too, as a as a parent. Mm-hmm. This is exactly what R.L. Stein wanted out of a children's yeah. horror show, he right? He was like, but what... What are the parents thinking? He's like, I'm going to flip the script here. What are the parents going to do about this? And then, you know, they don't do anything because <laughs> there wouldn't <laughs> be an episode if they did. Yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, overall, I kind of like this episode. It's not my favorite, but um, compared to what we've had, you know, the past, like, I don't know, infinite weeks, it's better than, yeah, it's better than what we've had, had some downs. Season two, I don't know. It's kind of stinky. It's not firing on all cylinders put it that way no it makes 
It makes me worried for season three. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, nah. There's gold. <laughs> There's gold in them there hills. I know. There's gold in season two, I'm sure. I mean, I know Welcome to Dead House is coming, which I don't want to hype myself up too much for because I don't want to yeah, get don't. let down by my own <laughs> expectations, but I'm excited for it. I yeah. like zombies, and I know there's zombies. But we're not talking about that episode. So no. what did you think about I, Attack of the jack lantern I think this is a fun episode for the most part. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm not going to lie. There is some parts where it drags a bit and parts where uh, things are just kind of repeated. But yeah. uh, just as a concept, I think it's fun. Um, well, we'll get to the parts that I don't quite like. And I think okay. there is actually... A decent amount of scares in this episode, or at least yeah, at least too. a couple. Yeah, they do they do a jump scare that's pretty effective, and um, a little bit of a psychological thriller for a moment there. It's pretty good. It's yeah, good. it's got a lot of going on for it. Yeah, so let's uh, let's just get into it, shall we? Let's quit dancing around the bush or whatever the saying is, and that's it. You nailed roll it. into it. <laughs> Sashaying around the bush. Yes. The episode begins on the night before Halloween. A young girl and guy are walking down a street filled with holiday decorations. The girl, Drew, is stoked about the next day. She asks the guy, Walker, if he's excited too. And he's like, I don't know, whatever. I'm a Texas Ranger, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Texas Rangers don't care about shit. No, they're on the lookout for danger at all times. I've never seen Walker Texas Ranger, so like... We can infer a lot about it, based simply on the title. Isn't there a part where, uh... Haley Joel Osment. No. Yeah, yeah. Haley Joel Osment. Yeah, Haley Joel Osment. Yeah, where he's just like, I've got AIDS or something. Let me tell you, Corlin. Every single okay. thing I know about Walker, Texas Ranger comes from oh the Conan O'Brien show. <laughs> yeah, he used to true. have a lever yeah. that he pulled, and whenever he did, it would play a clip of Walker, Texas Ranger without context. Yeah. And that was like my favorite thing for a while. I, I love out-of-context stuff. It's great. Yeah. Drew says, What? It's the best day of the year. It's the one time you get to be someone else. That's a theme. Yeah. It is. And also, it's not true. You can pretend to be someone else lots of times. It's cool play. Yeah, right? Sometimes it's uh, just not acceptable, but... TV you know, commercial? S- screw the rules. Like, we're ever going to be in a TV commercial. Yeah. Uh... I also have to mention here, uh, this this character, Walker, Yeah, he has, uh, his haircut is the same haircut as Lloyd from Dumb and Dumber. It is, yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> I thought that was a choice. A perfect choice. <laughs> Walker just looks up at the sky, and we see that it is a full moon. Drew asks him what he's going to dress up as, and that snaps him out of it. He has to tell Drew, look, I don't know if my parents will even let me go out. She gets really bummed, but he tells her, hey, we can still go to the school carnival, which is still going out, but whatever. Right, that's what I thought, too. I like her reaction when she when, when Walker tells her, like, I might not be able to go out. She's like, typical fucking Walker. She's angry. It's really good. Yeah. I. How do you feel about their acting in this, like, these two acting? Drew, I think, is decent mm-hmm. walker i think maybe he's going for what they wanted him to be he's like this very awkward right simpleton i don't i don't oh my God. i don't know how to describe <laughs> yeah. it but uh i think he's nailing it i think so too yeah so these two 
I'm not this sure why duo they're friends, of kids but... are okay. Right, right. Well, we got like six other duos of kids. So. <laughs> yes. So we'll get to them. <laughs> Drew tells him, I can't believe you're doing this. He responds by asking her, you're not even a little nervous about going out? Mm-hmm. She tells him, no, that was miles from here. And they don't even know what happened to those people. Yeah, right. Right away, we're like, okay, what the hell's happening? Yeah, like, we're, we're thrown into this situation without without any description. We, we can kind of piece together what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. She guilts Walker by saying, you know how much I love Halloween. And besides, who would want to kidnap us? And there we go. Right, kidnappings. And there's a weird sound that plays right now, and I hope you can insert it here. Oh, you know I will. And of course, as they're laughing about potentially getting kidnapped, we see in Goosebumps' patented stalker vision that someone is watching them. Its hand reaches for a branch, and we see that it's like a shriveled up mummy looking hand, kind of. It's it's monsterish. Let's put it that way. Yeah. At least, I will say, in a... As opposed to, like, Attack of the Mutant, they're behind some good foliage, you know? It's not just, like, the world's skinniest tree that the Masked Mutant's behind. <laughs> yeah, it looks like something you might be able to hide behind. And it's nighttime, right. so that helps. The two kids continue down the street, and Drew is suggesting costumes for Walker. She says, maybe a ninja? And he shits on that idea. Then she says, maybe a werewolf? Walker says, nah, that's been done. Done by who? By him? He's already been a werewolf? Or is it just overdone in this town? I think he's just saying that the concept of being a werewolf has been done. Like, motherfucker, okay. it's all been done. Right. <laughs> Why'd you just do that? Is that a song? Yes, Bare Naked Ladies. Come on. Get with the program. Okay. I thought you had a stroke or something for a second. You're channeling like you're in our little Richie. Girl, my inner little Richie is out all the time. <laughs> my, my little inner Richie comes out at work. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're the fun guy. Just then, they hear a weird animal sound that sounds like Saber from Camp Nightmare. Probably was. And Drew says, whoa, what was that? They look around for a bit, but don't see anything. Then they look even more, I guess. And they're startled by another boy and girl coming out from behind a tree branch. Yeah. Our second duo of the night. Mm -hmm. Drew looks scared at first, but then she recognizes them as her pals, Shane and Shauna. Mm, okay. These kids say that they wanted to come see the old neighborhood, and they're only going to be around for a few days. Drew introduces them to Walker, who just awkwardly says, Hey, I'm Walker. <laughs> We're back to the creeper cam, as someone observes Drew telling Walker that Shane and Shauna used to be her best friends before they moved away. Brandon, can I ask you? Yes. Shauna. She, um, like, I don't like to talk shit about kids, even though we do it every week. But she looks to me like she's got the face of a 35-year-old. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I, throughout the entire episode, I kept thinking that she was familiar, that I've seen her in something. Yeah. Like, it must have been as an adult because she looks like an adult, but um, she does. Yeah, I don't recognize her from anything. She looks like she's a personal trainer already. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you. 
Like, she looks like, like she's she does got spin classes, three or kids and a couple cats. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And she does like a Pilates class in her own studio that she owns. Yeah, and she makes crafts and sells them on Etsy, and they right. don't do too well, but she has fun. Let's let's stop talking about her physical okay. appearance and start yeah. talking about her acting abilities. Okay. Um. So Shane and Shauna are not very good. Uh. But no. Shane definitely is. She uh, gives me a bit of that uh, Harry Larry. Yes, she's very much that. Oh, uh, it's great. I just I don't know how you act like that. Like I don't know. I don't know it's, uh, how to be that bad. Gift. Like I can't even imagine someone being like action and then being like, "Hey, what's going on?" and thinking like, "Yeah, nailed it." Yeah, right. <laughs> Well, I'm excited to see your IMDb page later so that we can Yeah, we'll you know, uh we'll get to see it. See what happened there. The stalker gets closer while Drew invites the duo to go trick or treating. Shauna says yes. that would be perfect. Then the creeper gets too close and Drew notices something is there. The other kids say that they didn't hear anything though, so Drew is about to let it go. But then, in a first, the first person camera starts running towards the kids growling all the way and it's a wolf monster and not just one but two they stand in front of the kids with their arms up and like that's about it pretty much they just put their arms up it was good though like i was really glad that it wasn't like shot in that like two frames per second thing that goosebumps does like it was good yeah then one of the wolf monsters takes off its mask and it's a young girl she gives a little (laughs) and says she falls for it Every time. Another one of the wolves takes off the mask and reveals a young boy, who adds, You are the world's biggest sucker, Drew. I guess Walker was right. Wolves are overdone, so, like, awesome. I love that little... I don't know if it was intentional. I loved it, though. You know what? It probably wasn't, but <laughs> that is that yeah. is a good nod. I didn't pick that up. I know. So quickly. All right. So these kids, one of them is, you know, the girl, she looks like Allison Stoner to me, who was on Mike's Super Short Shows. And that's what, that's what my wife and I thought. And I was like, no, because she probably like, wasn't even born yet. Um, And then the other kid, he looks like Corey Feldman. (laughs) Both of them looked familiar to me as well. Yeah. But uh, neither of them are. <laughs> right, yeah. I'm looking forward to the IMDb's where we can see if we've seen them anywhere else. All, all six of these kids. Yeah. Well, Drew tells the two pranksters, whose names are Tabitha and Lee, that she is sick of their shit. I'm just going to go to the IMDb right now, actually, because okay. there's a thousand characters in this episode, but these are the only ones that I care about. So these are the only ones I'm going to talk about. Let's Let's talk about... These three distinct groups of guys and girls. Okay. Well, I'm just going to preface this, Brandon. I'm on the IMDb page myself, and it's not a good sign that Walker's picture is of this episode. (laughs) Yeah. So, we'll start off with Drew, who is played by Erica Luttrell. And you should recognize her, because we've seen her already. Oh, shit, we have? Yes. She was in Piano Lessons oh. Can Be Murder as Kim, the yeah, character who I, wa- I love Kim. Had no point, but Yeah, but she was a wonder she was really nice to see. Yeah. 
She was kind of just there. She didn't get to do much. But in this episode, you know, she gets to spread her wings. Yay! That's awesome. So, we probably talked about her then and all the things she was in, but Erica has been in a lot of stuff. 112 credits on IMDb, including things f- this year, next year. Yeah. Like, she's, she's working. Great. She, yeah. She was the voice of, uh, of Sapphire in Steven Universe. It's really great. She does voices in Final Fantasy VII Remake. She did uh, voices in um, Call of Duty. She... Yeah, a lot of voice acting. Yeah, she's great. I like her a lot. Yeah. So, next, we have Walker, played by Aiden Desolay. The oldest Aiden yet, yeah. <laughs> the first Aiden. And <laughs> yeah. Aiden was in not as much stuff, let's say. He has Mm -hmm. three credits on IMDb, and besides this episode, he also played Frenchman in a Canadian TV series called Canadian Made. Interesting. And also, he played Jorge da Silva in an episode of Air Crash Investigation. Cool. Interesting thing, though. This episode of the Goosebumps was in 1996. Mm-hmm. His next credit was in 2012. And then that's a big another, gap. his third was in 2016. So that's, I think that's like the most interesting gap we've had for one of these kids. Yeah. So he, like, you know, he took time off, finished school, got married, raised a family, and then decided. <laughs> When his grandkids were older, he was like, maybe I'll give this acting thing another try. Yeah, and they were like, holy shit, you're the oldest Aiden we've ever seen. <laughs> like, yes, you can have the Frenchman <laughs> role. Next, we have Shauna, played by Andrea O'Rourke. And Andrea has even less roles than Aiden. Yeah. She yep. was in this episode of Goosebumps. And also, she was additional crew in the movie Big Fish. Hmm, you love that movie. I do. She's also in a later episode of Goosebumps. Well, not that later. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Not so many acting roles, and I can see why. <gasps> you sassy bitch. Yes. <laughs> Next, we have Shane, who's played by Philip Edels. And you should recognize him as well. Yeah, that name sounds familiar. Yeah. We talked about him in the episode phantom of the auditorium where he played Corey. oh yep i remember that okay yeah so he's been in uh some things too uh including sci factor chronicles of the paranormal and the tale of the Classic. reanimator as jake yes yep i remember that okay all right so moving on to the last group of kids we have mm-hmm. tabitha played by maria pakin and i think she's the highlight of this episode I like Tabitha. I think she's the best character and the best actress. And looking at her IMDb page, that did not pay off for her. Because she was in this episode of Goosebumps and one episode of Ready or Not as 7th grader. Well, at least she got to work with our girl, uh, Laura Bertram. Hmm? Hmm? Maybe, if she was in a scene with her. And last, but not least, is Gino Giacomini, who played Lee. Gino has five credits, so by the standards of this episode, that averages out to be, like, amazing. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> he was Neil in the movie Cold Sweat. He was Ugh, Beast gross, in School Sweat. Play, 
in Dark Man Three, Die Dark Man Die. <laughs> yeah, he played. We talked about that. A couple he played ago. Wise Man and Simon Birch, even though it was two years after this Goosebumps episode. So he was like what twelve? Maybe, maybe <laughs> <laughs> playing Wise Man and Flip in Alley Cat Strike. We just talked about Alley Cat Strike. We talk about Alley Cat Strike all the time. Okay, we don't talk about it all the time, but we just talked about it like a week ago. I don't remember if it was in last week's podcast or not, or if it was just like our conversation, because you went bowling mm-hmm. last week, and you were like, oh, I always think about Alley Cat Strike, and I was like, forgot about that movie. I don't. So back to the episode, Tabitha Thane's being frightened and says, oh, Lee, I'm so scared, save me. Lee, in turn, says, not me. I'm scared of creeps. I don't know what that means, Cortland. What is he trying to say? I don't know. Isn't creeps a thing in Goosebumps, though? Like, calling all creeps or something? I don't know if that's a thing. Like, a reoccurring thing. Whatever. You're just... Everybody's zebes is what it is. Tabitha asks what Shane and Shauna are doing there. And when Shauna says, not here to see you, Tabby says, my heart is breaking. And Lee adds in, so is mine. Okay. Tabitha throws out a, see you later, suckers, and sashays out of there with her chin held high. And then Lee, like, you know, he does his little sassy, see ya, suckers, or whatever. He gets so close to Sean, I thought he was going in for a smooch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad he didn't. After the bullies are gone, the four kids talk shit about them. Drew says that last year, they snuck into her Halloween party and pretended to be burglars. Yeah. It's a good way to get shot. Right, I was just telling... My wife, uh, that's what happened to Marvin Gaye. He, was, he got shot by his dad because he broke into his own house. Because he was trying to prank him, his dad, on Halloween? Yeah. Yep, that's what happened. Shane looks serious and asks, Would you like to get back at him? Drew responds, Do dogs have fleas? Simple Walker says, My dog doesn't. <laughs> and the other kids roll their eyes so hard. Shauna says she has an idea to get back at Tabitha and Lee. She says Drew should invite them trick-or-treating, which, you know, is a hard plan to come up with, because why would they accept? The only thing I can think is that they want to, like, I don't know, like, as antagonists, they're not the greatest antagonists. They seem like they could be friends, and I don't know why they're not. Um, but the only thing I think is, like, oh, if they invite them, then they, they'll want to because they have a chance to, you know, scare them or whatever. Yeah. Which is exactly what happens. <laughs> she says, just leave it to Shane and I. Drew is like, wait, what are you planning to do? And Shauna just ominously says, you'll see. We cut to later that night as Tabitha and Lee are getting dressed in shiny silver futuristic space suits. Yeah. I don't, why? <laughs> I don't know. Because, like, this is still the night before Halloween. So they're just like... In dress rehearsal, I guess. I guess so. They're just making sure everything fits still, I guess. And are they, like, they're not brother and sister. They're just friends, right? Tabitha and Lee? Mm, I, I assume they were brother-sister. Okay. Well, but maybe, because, like, the the phone conversation cuts over to Drew and Walker, and they're in the same room, too, and, you know, they're clearly friends. So who knows? Well, Tabitha and Lee are just getting dressed together in the same room. <laughs> Tabitha has Princess Leia buns in her hair. She does. Which are yeah. beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, Tabitha is on the phone with Drew. Like, why would we want to come trick-or-treating with you? Which is a good question. And Drew plays it mm-hmm. cool. Like, 
Oh, because you guys are so good at doing pranks, and you can show us how it's done. Yeah, This fates sure. Tabitha's ego enough for her to agree. And Drew tells her to meet at 7 at the entrance to the Willow's neighborhood. Okay, got it. 7 o'clock, Willow's neighborhood. I'll be there. Write that down, because it will come up later. No, it won't. Tabitha says, <laughs> see you then, and hangs up the phone, looking 100% not enthusiastic about this whole thing. When she's off the phone, Drew tells Walker that the bullies agreed to the plan. And best of all, they don't suspect a thing. Cut immediately to Tabitha suspecting a thing, which <laughs> I thought was hilarious. It was. I love it. She's like spinning her ring on her finger like, those motherfuckers are up to some dirty ass shit over here. <laughs> yeah. That was like word for word. <laughs> You're just reading the script. We cross-dissolve to Halloween night, complete with the sound effects. Mm-hmm. And Tabitha is telling Shane that it's too bad Shana and Sean never showed up. We see Tabitha and Lee looking fly as hell in their space warrior costumes. And Drew is in some kind of yellow superhero costume. Yeah, she's in her Super Drew costume. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're going to have to talk about the Super Drew costume. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. It's wonderful. Yeah. We'll get to it later when she... Yep. When it's more important. Yes. Walker, Mr. It's Been Done, shows up in a fucking white sheet ghost costume. Lame. They're at the final house of the night, and Drew says that something feels off about the house. They get to the door, and Tabitha knocks on it. An eighth of a second goes by without a response, and Drew says, All right, let's just go. (laughs) But then there's someone at the door. An older woman opens it and goes... Oh my, look at these costumes. My husband would love to see these costumes. Come inside so he can see them. No, don't do it, kids. Yeah, don't do it. But they do. Yeah, they don't even question it. They're just like, yep, sounds legit. No, they're just like, yeah, let's go see this old man. It's worth worth a pitiful amount of candy. (laughs) Of the worst kind of candy, too. It's a bit of honey. And <laughs> they have to go and look at this sick old man. <laughs> they get off-brand dum-dums. <laughs> they get sugar-free gummy bears. <laughs> hey there, everybody. Cortland here. Your good buddy and your old best buddy. Thank you so much for joining us today, whether this is your first episode or you've listened to it all. We're so thankful for you spending some time with us. And we really appreciate you listening in while we had the nice week off of the holidays. Happy New Year! If you're looking to support the show, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash privateisland. For as little as $1 a month, you'll get instant access to early release episodes the moment I'm finished editing, which is usually up to about two weeks early. Higher tiers get more rewards like bonus episodes, stickers, t-shirts, and more. I'd like to take a moment to thank our current patrons, the Bronze Beth, Eddie, Tristan, Venice Witch, and Sarah, the Silver Goth, Shane, Stephen, Matt, Kristen, Gerilyn, Evelyn, Aaron, and Brittany, the Golden Day Days, Angela, Faith, Sarah, and Matt, the Platinum Bostics, Brian, Bryce, Farron, and Kathy, and the Diamond Zebo, Michael. Thank you for your support, everybody. Brandon and I truly appreciate it. You can take a look at our gifts, memes, and more over on our social media accounts. Give us a follow on Twitter at PRVT Island and on Instagram at Private Island Presents. You can hang out with us live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash privateislandc, 
Brandon and I usually play some Dead by Daylight after we record our new episodes on Saturday mornings. Last Saturday, we actually started playing the Are You Afraid of the Dark video game, The Tale of Orfeo's Curse, so check it out and chat with us live. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for his work on the music for our show, aside from this theme dating start from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. Thanks again, everybody. I really appreciate you hanging out with us. Let's get through some more Goosebumps episodes, and I will talk to you next week. Bye! This old lady says that her husband has been sick, but they should just go upstairs and see him so he can get a peek at them costumes. When the kids are all through the house, she takes one last creepy look to see if anybody is looking and then closes the door. I love it. The old woman runs behind the kids and keeps urging them to go up and into the old man's room. And the woman's voice is like really echoey now for some reason. Yes, yes. Everything is a bit echoey now. She's like... Oh, go on, go right in, go on, go, go on right now, go on, go on. She's not being, she has no chill. (laughs) Not at all, she just won't shut up. (laughs) But I love her at the same time. She's great, yeah. They finally make it into the room, and we see a honestly pretty nightmarish scene. There's a whole group of kids in Halloween costumes chained together. While an old man with a scarred up face just sits there kind of laughing. <laughs> That's freaky shit. It is. This would yeah, be scary really... as a kid. And also this is scary as an adult and parent. Yes, yes, yes. Right. Um, so you know how people say that uh, M. Night Shyamalan got the inspiration for The Sixth Sense from The Tale of the Dream Girl? Mm-hmm. So the guy who did Human Centipede... <laughs> You got inspiration from this episode. Inspiration strikes the craziest times. For real. Shane and Shauna are in the room, and Shane yells at Drew to help, because the old man won't let them go. Oh, was that who it was? I didn't even notice. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) He's he's the one in the clown outfit? Yeah. Oh, I didn't notice. (laughs) I'm terrible. The old man stands up and goes, I love your costume. I love it so much. You can stay here forever. Oh, my God. What is fucking happening? (laughs) I don't know, but we'll know in just a second. Because Drew screams, and that fades away. So we can see that it was all just a dream, Cortland. Wow. Just a dream. Yeah. All that set up, like, for nothing. It it doesn't uh, have anything to do with the rest of the episode, but it is the scariest part of the episode. Right, yeah. It was good. I really appreciated that it was in there, because that's a pretty horrifying situation. It you is. Know, it's, it's done in a way where, like, it's still kid-friendly, but, like, it could be so much worse and more, more mean, dark than that. These kids are It really gives up, us our moral. For and story. they're <laughs> definitely going to die. So, it's pretty yeah. dark. I love it. It's good stuff. The screen fades away from Drew's nightmare to a shot of Drew's house at daytime. And then that immediately fades away to her house at nighttime. <laughs> yes, yeah, an interesting choice, yes, but I love that it. that editor so. was just button mashing that fade button. <laughs> so now it's finally, really, Halloween night. And we see Drew's mom and dad giving candy to some little kids. Drew comes down in her superhero costume 
And Dad goes, Hey, Super Drew, getting ready to go out. And her costume actually does say Super Drew on it. They got this custom made. Why, though? You know? Yeah. It's a yellow, pink, and purple suit with a skirt, a cape, and a red sequin mask. I love it. It's great. It's, uh... Not something I would imagine like a teenager wanting to wear as a Halloween costume, but Mm -hmm. it's fabulous. It is. It's great. Drew tells dad that Walker is late. Mom chooses now to tell her daughter that she doesn't want her going out tonight. And even dad is like, why not? Yeah. (laughs) That's the part where I'm like, why do you have this custom made costume if like you couldn't even go out anyway? (laughs) Yeah. Mom at the last minute was just like, fuck this. Halloween is canceled. (laughs) Mom says that she was watching the news and they still haven't found the four people who've gone missing around there. As she's saying this, we see a flash of some monster-looking hands holding the newspaper article about the missing people. Yes. This article deserves its own IMDb credit because it is featured very heavily in this episode. It It is is in practically every scene. Drew pleads with Mom to go out and then turns to Dad, hoping that he'll undermine Mom. And he does, saying, It's not like the people that went missing were kids. They were adults. Right. (laughs) Yeah, hello. So who gives a fuck about them? (laughs) Dad says it's okay for her to go out, as long as she stays together with her group. Mm -hmm. Then, there's someone at the door, and it turns out to be Walker. He comes in, dressed in what looks like a scuba suit and a leather jacket. Right, yeah. Drew's dad says, what are you supposed to be? Beatles 1962? Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, Brandon. Does that make any sense for a joke? (laughs) No! That's fucking nonsense. What does that mean? No idea. Oh my god. No idea. (laughs) I don't know what that's supposed to mean, but I find it hilarious. That, that doesn't even make sense in, like, a dad joke kind of way. Right. It's literally nothing. Walker laughs and says, No, I'm a dark and stormy night. Dad says, Well, I see the dark, but where's the stormy? Drew and Walker share a smile, and then Walker pulls out a squirt gun and blasts Dad in the face. He deserves it. I don't like it. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, I do. With that terrible fucking Beatles joke? Hello. Like, know your audience, Dad. Tell you, if somebody came into my house and blasted me in the face with a squirt gun... Yeah? I would would come sass about them on this podcast. (laughs) You know I would. That's what you'd be talking about. You would, yeah. Like, no holds barred. I would totally not say anything and then come here and say, Someone squirt me. Yeah, that would be our intro. Somebody squirted me. (laughs) I'll be like, you angel, (laughs) you poor sweet baby. (laughs) So everybody laughs instead of kicking Walker's ass, and then they start to walk out. (laughs) Mom has her arms crossed, and she's clearly still very upset, but she tells Drew to stay together and not to talk to strangers. Dad, who seems like he almost wants Drew to get kidnapped, is like, she'll be fine, whatever. Get out the door. Kids gotta get kidnapped sometime. The two kids see Tabitha and Lee but with no Shane and Shauna in sight. Likewise, Tab and Lee see Drew and Walker, and Tabitha says she knows that the two kids are going to try to scare them. So she pulls out the newspaper article about the missing people and says they're going to have to scare them 
first. Um, I gotta say, before we kind of move forward from this news article, because we see it a couple more times, I think. Mm-hmm. There's a little ad in the bottom right corner. So these people are, like, missing. It shows their pictures. They're like, this is the worst thing to happen in our town. And then in the little corner, it says, opening of Romero and Lorenzo. A great smash hit. <laughs> like, wrong time and place for that. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, well, I mean, maybe that's the kind of publicity you want. Like, it's in the article. Mm, true. It's near the article everyone wants to read. You're right. Never mind. And that's, a, that's what we should do with the podcast. It's a pretty long-ass article. Considering, like, the oh headline is, like, no new updates in disappearance case or something, like... Yeah, and it's, like, a full two-page ad about these people. Yeah. What could they be talking about? We can't get close enough to see any of the actual words. It's probably gibberish. No, but I, w- I would love to, like, transcribe it. Oh, that'd be great. When the four kids meet, Tabitha says, Well, if it isn't Mighty Mouse. Walker very seriously says, She's Super Drew. Which oh, isn't helping Lord. Walker. Lee says, super drag is more like it. Now you guys ready to get some candy? Let's kick it. Get some candy. Lee is very hip. 1996. Yes. Drew looks around and goes, uh, maybe we should wait a little bit? Tabitha asks why, but Drew just kind of stutters out some nonsense. Meanwhile, there's footage of something walking slowly through a foggy woods in first person. Mm-hmm. Lee brings up the missing people, and Tabitha says, Yeah, one minute they're here, and the next minute, vanished. She says maybe whoever is getting those people is watching them right now. And sure enough, someone is watching them from behind a bush. Oh, Lord. Tabitha and Lee start walking, and Walker turns to Drew and says, I hope nothing terrible has happened. Tabitha hears that and asks, to who? Were you expecting someone? <laughs> I thought, like, I thought the assumption is that they would all go together anyway, with Shane and yeah. Shauna. So. Right. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. She feels like she's catching them in some kind of lie, but it's like, no, just waiting for her friends. Drew says no, so Lee ushers them all to move on. They hit up some trick-or-treat houses, and when they're a little bit away from Tabby and Lee, Drew says to Walker, It's not like Shane and Shauna to flake out like this. Walker is getting worried, and Drew says, What if my dream is actually a prediction, and they are in trouble? Yeah. I was kind of like, when the hell did you have time to tell them about the dream? But there was that, like, day fade, and we don't know who or what. Yeah, so much can happen during a fade, Cortland. So true. Tabitha and Lee catch up to them now, and want to check out their sweet candy loot. Suddenly, they are attacked by (gasps) jack-o'-lanterns. Finally, only, like, what, 12 minutes into the episode? Yes. Rather, I mean, they're not really jack-o'-lanterns. They're, like, people with people bodies, but with pumpkins on their head. Yeah, and crab claws? (laughs) Yeah. They have crab claws. I don't get that part. I don't get a a lot about these two creatures. Weird. Drew and Walker look absolutely horrified, but Tabitha and Lee are unimpressed. And Lee says... You'll have to do better than that. I love her skepticism. It's really great. Yeah, they're both very just like, this is shit. Yeah. Tabitha adds, not bad costumes, though. Is that Shane and Shauna? It's not, though, because these are fully grown adults. (laughs) Yes. They're tall. (laughs) They're like two heads taller than these kids. (laughs) Yeah. The two jack-o'-lanterns are just like, 
looking at each other. Drew leans in close and says, I don't think so. Lee gets his face up close and does the whole, ooh, scary pumpkin head, oh, we're so scared thing. And one of the pumpkin people swipes at him. Lee backs up, but he's still smiling. But at this big, meaty claws. <laughs> then one of the pumpkin people speaks, and its mouth actually moves. So if it was Shane and Shauna, you really would have to appreciate, like, all the effort they put into this, right? Yes. Anyway, the jack-o'-lantern says, If you want a trick or treat, follow us. We know a new neighborhood. A new neighborhood. A better place. And the other jack-o'-lantern echoes, New neighborhood. Better place. (laughs) I would go with them. I don't know about you. (laughs) I mean, this all seems legit to me. (laughs) New neighborhood, better place, they said. Like, come on. Yeah, what's the downside? There is none. They said better, not worse. Tabitha is loving these pumpkin peeps. But Drew says she doesn't think these things are even human. Lee says, of course not. They're your friends. Fucking Lee. Lee. Oh, Lord. At least that, like, at least that's a joke, you know? Not like Dad's Beatles yeah. 1962 bullshit. <laughs> it's not a funny joke, but there's a point to it. Sure. <laughs> Tabby tells the pumpkins she'd be stoked to go with them to this better place. And the pumpkins usher the kids into the dark woods. They keep chanting, better place! And Walker says he wishes they'd knock that shit off. Tabitha is all smiles and asks Lee, which one he thinks is Shane, and which one is Shauna. Lee responds that it's hard to tell a girl pumpkin from a guy pumpkin. Sure. Drew keeps looking at the pumpkins and being like, Shauna? Shane? Oh, yeah. But they just keep pushing her along with their claws. (laughs) After much pushing and prodding, the kids finally emerge from the woods, and they are indeed in a new place. It's another suburban neighborhood, but there's lots more Halloween decorations. Yeah, this this neighborhood is decked yeah, out. Yeah, the music swells, and it's like in Nightmare Before Christmas when Jack goes to Christmas Town, except it's like going from Halloween to slightly more Halloween. <laughs> right. Yeah, the electric bill in this neighborhood alone, though, outrageous. <laughs> the children all run off to explore the sights, and the pumpkins just let them go. Yep, they're like, eh, whatever. We cut to a house where the kids are trick-or-treating. They are all delighted to see that they're giving out king-sized candy bars, Cortland. Fucking sweet, right? I know. It's one of those fucking legendary houses. They're not just king-sized, though. They're like the ones that you can get at the gas station where they're like mega, mondo, huge sizes. Yeah, they're like novelty candy bars. That's awesome. When the kids walk away from the house, the couple who lives there just stare joylessly after them. And in the background, you can still hear an echo of, Better place. It's <laughs> great. They rock up to the next house, where a gray-skinned woman solemnly pours a massive trough of candy into their bags. I, I love it. The sparks are really great. When they run away giggling from this house, we close in on the woman's face, and her face morphs into one of those jack-o'-lantern faces. Whoa. So there's something tricky about this neighborhood, Cortland. Can't quite put my finger on it. At the next house, Dr. Phil comes out and in a monotone voice (laughs) apologizes for being almost out of candy, which he says 
while pouring handfuls of candy into their bags from a bucket, overflowing with the stuff. I love that. So funny. This whole scene. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, man. It's so good. The kids run off, and his face, again, changes into a jack-o'-lantern. So, um... I don't know if you noticed or not, Brandon, but did you kind of recognize the people that they got the candy from? No. It's Are the they... people that were missing. <gasps> yeah. No. You see, that's interesting because I was literally waiting for those people to come up this whole time. <laughs> yeah. I was like, of course, this is where those people ended up. But like, where are they? I right? just didn't recognize them. You just seen Dr. Phil and you were like, okay. <laughs> yeah. No, it's the people from the the mag. I don't think it's all four of them. Um, like one of the one of the girls isn't quite the same. I don't think, but yeah, especially Doctor Phil. Like, I went back and I looked, and I was like, "That's the mustache. Yep, that's the guy." Okay, well, that makes sense because they the, should be the there. Glasses, or I mean, maybe. Yeah, surprising the kids didn't recognize them, considering they've like done book reports on this <laughs> piece of paper. Yeah, they've immortalized to this newspaper article. Walking down the street carrying their heavy sacks of candy, the kids discuss how cool this place is. But a Drew has concerns. She wonders why they are the only kids in the whole neighborhood. Good question. Yeah, it's true. It's just them. Tabitha brushes that off by saying that's what's so great about it. You know what's really funny about this part? Is that Lee's... Lee's pillowcase... He's he's holding on to it. It's literally just a pillow in that pillowcase. Like, oh yeah. Everybody else is like looks looks like it could be candy, but he's literally holding a pillow. Yeah, I assume the actor was like, because he's the smallest one there. He's like, I just I, I can't carry all these dum dums. Yeah, and R.L. Stein was just like, but it right, still folks. has to look full. Yeah, let's just give him a pillow. <laughs> yeah, so like his bag is very smooth. Whereas everyone else is like, you know, bulging with candy. Yeah. Tabitha checks her watch and says, it's getting pretty late. They should head back. When they turn to go home, they are met with two pumpkin people who wave their claw hands and say, there's more houses. Lots more houses. Oh my God. I love these pumpkin people. The kids are like, nah, we're good. But the pumpkins say, you cannot leave. You must trick or treat forever. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I thought there was going to be a cool scene where they, like, run away and then, like, they run down the street and then they are back to where they were, you know? I like those yeah. kind of things. But that doesn't happen, which is fine. But it could theoretically happen. It could. This is that kind of place. Right, yeah. It's like a different dimension kind of thing. Right. They're in a pocket dimension. Mm -hmm. Tabitha tosses her trick-or-treat bag onto the floor and walks up to the pumpkins, full of attitude. She says, Listen, Shane and Shauna, I know you two like this little game, but you're not scaring us. Her and Lee tell the pumpkin people to take off their little jack-o'-lantern heads, and she reaches for it to take it off. It comes off easily, but there's no head underneath. In her hands, the decapitated pumpkin looks at Tabitha and says, Much more houses! (laughs) She drops it with a splat, but even on the ground, it yells to keep trick-or-treating. I love it. 
Then the other pumpkin person lifts their crab claw and shoots oh orange force lightning out of it, <laughs> exploding <laughs> yes. someone's carved pumpkin sitting on the ground for some reason. I, I don't know why, but I love it. No, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand these pumpkin people. They're hilarious. <laughs> They're like, I don't know. Their range of powers and attributes just all over the place. Mm-hmm. Tabitha finally clues in that things are a little weird and asks who these people are. And Lee asks what they want. The pumpkin on the ground says, We want you to trick or treat forever! <laughs> and they motive. shoo them off to keep collecting candy. Yeah, and the kids are like, alright, well, back to trick-or-treating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we fade to later on, and the kids are coming back to the pumpkins, tired and sore. They ask if they can have a break, but the pumpkins yell, No breaks! More houses! <laughs> Weekly, Tabitha says, We can't. Our bags are full. We can't carry anymore. And without a word, the pumpkin person grabs the bag, dumps all of the contents on the floor, and hands it back. <laughs> and I gotta say now, I gotta point out, that when it pours all the stuff on the floor, it ain't king-size candy bars anymore. It's no. Smarties and all that cheap shit. While I do enjoy Smarties, everything else is food. Like, this is the candy that you leave for last and then you end up throwing away. <laughs> yeah. This, this is, is the, the shit, shit you use to fill up a pinata in between yeah. all the good stuff. Yeah, you give it to like three-year-olds that don't know any better. They don't know what good candy is. Right. <laughs> then the pumpkin people are doing the whole more houses bit, trick-or-treat forever and all that. Tabitha's eyes get wide and she says, Hey, you two, you were the ones who took them, the missing people. And one of the pumpkins randomly just burps fire for some reason. This is right. what I'm talking about, Cortland. Like, they just keep having new powers. Yeah. <laughs> These things are just... A little, little odd, a little inconsistent. They, but... they control all the elements. Mm-hmm. They do. Tabitha yells for them to cheese it, so they all juke around the flame-spewing pumpkins and run back to the place where they came into the neighborhood, which I'm surprised wasn't their first idea. Right, yeah. The pumpkins give chase through the foggy woods, still yelling, More! More! More houses! <laughs> it's like, hands, hands, Oh hands. my god, yes, that's the vibe I got yes, too. I love very it. similar vibes. Tabitha trips over something, because someone always has to trip. Yes. They help her up, and then look around. The pumpkins are nowhere to be seen. Tabby breathes a sigh of relief and says, They're gone. And before she even finishes that thought, the two pumpkins literally jump into frame from off screen. <laughs> I love it. Which is great. The pumpkin says, Too bad you tried to run. You seemed like such an obedient little girl. Now you will become one of us. And they take off their pumpkin heads to put it on Tabitha and Lee. But they run, of course. And the pumpkins just laugh. Yeah, it's a good joke. They say, I'll say we scared them pretty good. And the two fire-breathing, lightning-shooting wizard pumpkins morph <laughs> back into the forms of Shane and Shauna. 
They still have like the garbage bag over them, so. Yeah. <laughs> still wearing the same outfit on their bodies, which would be like 20 sizes too large, but whatever. Drew runs up to them smiling, saying, It was you! At first I thought it was you! But then, like, I guess after all that trauma and threats of physical violence, she wasn't so sure. Yeah. Walker is just stunned in the background, asking, But how? Good question. And Shane ruins the episode by saying, (laughs) I guess there are advantages to being an alien. (sighs) It's not as bad as it was in Camp Nightmare. (laughs) Uh... No, not as bad, especially because it's only one part. Yeah, it's only one twist of the two shit twists from Camp Nightmare. <sighs> Why is it always Aliens RL? It's such an easy, like, out, you know? <sighs> like, his version of Aliens is this one can fucking zap lasers and breathe fire and shit, so, like, they can do whatever they want. They could have just been pumpkin people. <laughs> <laughs> they could have been monsters who kidnap people and make them trick-or-treat like why did it have to be goddamn aliens i don't know i like aliens Cortland. i know you do alien was like your favorite movie forever and might still be it is aliens are great but as a twist no yeah it's just like a cop-out which it's whatever we're almost done it's fine <sighs> okay walker is like um Fucking excuse me? And Drew (laughs) casually explains that before they moved away, these two were her best friends, and they lived next door to her. Yeah. You know, she had time to, like, explain her spooky dream to him, but forgot to mention that Sean and Shayna were aliens. (laughs) Yes. And I would like to point out that in her explanation just then, that explained absolute fucking nothing. Yeah. He's like, wait, they're aliens? And she's like, ugh, yes, they used to be my friends, but then they moved. (laughs) God. Drew thanks the two aliens for the torture and says that it was dope how much they scared Tabitha and Lee. Mm -hmm. But she hopes that they didn't scare them too much. Or too little, either. Right, right, because now these children, um, kind of Walker included, are going to have lots of trauma in their life, you know? (laughs) Yes. You don't just kind of, like, grow up this from this. This is horrible. Like, uh, yeah. These are kind of the things where you, like, repress the memories, you have to go to therapy. It's bad. Yeah. They're ruined forever. Shane says that this whole thing was a blast, and maybe he's starting to like Halloween as much as Drew does. Shauna adds, it's the one time of year you get to be someone else. And then the two kids simultaneously reach under their neck and pull off their faces Oh, boy. Revealing little green booger alien heads. Yeah. They're just hand puppets. How fucking lazy. (laughs) It's literally like slimy hand puppets coming out of, you know, big bodies. They reminded me a lot of the Goombas from the Mario Bros. movie. Oh the live God, action yes. one because they yes. just have these tiny little heads on giant bodies it's just a hand you guys yes <laughs> they put like googly eyes on it they're like good <laughs> it looks like shit it does God, so lame <sighs> they say their goodbyes 
and they head towards their waiting spaceship. Drew tells them to hold up and offers them some candy for the road. They say thanks, but no thanks to that shit. But say, we'll take some plump, juicy adults if you got any. Um, Drew's face suddenly gets very serious, and she says, Wait, you guys eat people? Yeah, hmm. Uh, you're my best (laughs) friends, and you didn't mention the fact that you were... I mean, they're not cannibals, because they're not peoples, but they just eat people. Yeah, they eat people. now, after all this time, they're like, oh... (laughs) Yeah, didn't we mention that? Like, <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Good lord. They're monsters. They're literally monsters. Yes. They are the biggest monsters. One of the booger aliens says, We only eat people when we're hungry, and we just finished a four-course meal earlier tonight. Holy shit. So, yeah, the alien hands her the article about the missing people, which, I don't know why. Like, we get it. Right. What's the timeline here? They kidnapped these people, they put them in this alternate dimension that I guess they already had set up before this whole prank Yeah. on Tabitha well, and Lee. Here's what I think, is that they ate them beforehand, and they then could morph into them. Because, like, it does morph into the pumpkin head, right? That lady does. Yes. So I think that's just Shauna and Shane as those people, you know. Okay, so you think they can turn into people that they've killed? Yeah. So I guess they killed two kids, Shauna and Shane, at some point? I guess so. Okay, well, it's just because he says we finished it earlier tonight, but those people were definitely kidnapped before, because that's how we have a newspaper article about their disappearance. Yeah, that's been circulating around. Yes. So that timeline doesn't really make sense. No. But it also doesn't matter at all. No, no. It's a good twist. They they killed these people. That's all. that's, That's the important part. They murdered these people, and then the alien warns Drew not to eat too much candy, because then she'll get nice and plump, and then they'll have to eat her, too. What the fuck? That's not what you say to friends. No. <laughs> Worst <laughs> fucking friends. Right. Yeah, I might eat you later. Bye. Like, what? No. I'm gonna murder you? If I was, like, legitimately, like, I kill people, Brandon, and then I think I'm gonna kill you next year. Like, <laughs> Yeah, if you told me you killed people, I'd be like, you know, fair game, like, whatever, you do you. But then sure. if you were also like, and I might kill you, I'd be like, wait, what the fuck? Yeah! God damn. Well, I guess Drew and fucking Walker gotta move now. Yeah. They know where they live. Ugh. With a happy Halloween, the two aliens head off into their ship. Drew and Walker just stand there and watch while some otherworldly military-sounding music plays. And, uh, they look up as the spaceship leaves, and that's the end of the episode. Yeah, that's it. So, wow. I like it. It was a fun episode. The twist at the beginning, like, they, they built it up for the entire episode, and the payoff was pretty good, I thought. It's a fun episode. I like the pumpkin people a lot. I liked that dream sequence a lot. Mm -hmm. And in in both of those sequences, there was someone just like yelling something over and over again. Like, go, just go, go to the thing. You know what? Shauna and Shane must have just kept yelling at at, uh, Drew during their friendship or something. They were like, come on, let's run. They must have just been bossy ass kids. Yeah, and it's just permeated into her subconscious, <laughs> and that's why she had that shit dream. Wow. It is kind of weird, though, that she would dream about them being captured like that, knowing already that they were aliens, but 
That's okay. I thought the same thing afterwards. She's like, huh. They never flake out like this, but also they're fucking aliens. Like, come on. Yeah. I liked it, though. I thought it was fun. It was much better than the last, I don't know, most episodes in season two. Yeah, it's a fun episode, and that's all we needed right now. We needed a good, fun episode. I am a little bit disappointed that they didn't have a dog with a a jack-o'-lantern head, though. Like, I was promised that on the cover, and I didn't get it. No, you really didn't, but (sighs) that would be hard to put that on a dog. (laughs) True, true. (laughs) Cortland, could you surmise any kind of moral from this episode? This episode is just immoral in itself, and, you know, be careful when you're trick-or-treating, really. Um, yeah, I guess. Because there might be aliens? Yeah, well, you know, there's missing people all the time. If it's close to your neighborhood, then you probably shouldn't go trick-or-treating, even though everybody else knows. Oh, I know the moral. I know what the moral is, Brandon. Try out your Halloween costume the night before to make sure it still fits. Yeah, that's a good moral. <laughs> um, Don't let your children out of your sight, ever. Well, I definitely don't parent. do that. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I don't let my son, like turn the corner without me there <laughs> i'm staring at my children right now all of them <laughs> i make them stay in the recording studio chained up <laughs> they, can't, they can't talk oh don't worry guys we're almost done <laughs> oh i'd help but yeah. them but they're just so far away yeah this episode this episode is kind of moral heavy yeah so, Attack of the Jack-O-Lanterns isn't a very good title, because they never really attack. They're just kind of there. They attack other Jack-O-Lanterns. They kill people, but... <laughs> they kill people, blow up pumpkins, make kids do, like, some physical activity. <laughs> That's it. But they're not really attacking. They're more just bossy. Maybe, like, the bossy Jack-O-Lanterns? Yeah, yeah. Like, maybe the errands of the jack-o'-lanterns? Okay. I like that. Just like, uh, they're just giving them busy work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hmm. You can't prank me? Yes, that'd be a good one. I like that. Go eat candy. I'm just <laughs> renaming all old Goosebumps episodes. <laughs> Dr. Phil gives the best shit. <laughs> I love that was probably my favorite part. There's a lot. There's a couple that are my favorite, but him being like, "Oh, I'm almost out of candy," and just (laughs) dumping like so much candy, overflowing handfuls of candy into their bag, not even caring if it gets into the bag. Like half of that spilled to the ground. Not at all. (laughs) It's great. I love it. (sighs) All right, we've reached the end of Attack of the Jack Lanterns. I think. Yeah, Cortland. What? What? Next week. Yeah. We have. Uh, a pretty uh, a special episode. <gasps> yeah. Next week is The Haunted Mask 2. Yay! So when you said that they had two trick-or-treating episodes in one season, it's like, no, son, this is back-to-back. Oh, you're just sitting there snickering like you have no idea. Yes. <laughs> and, I mean, it's this is part one, so it's going to be three episodes. What? This is a three-parter? No. Between oh, three Halloween episodes. Attack of the Jack-O-Lanterns and two parts of the Haunted Max. Yes. Okay. I so would Portland, expect this one to be a two-parter, so I'm okay with it. Let's look at the cover, and you can tell me maybe uh, what you think this might be. 
So, um, well, first of all, I got to say, I'm kind of excited for this one. It's the first sequel episode that we've had so far. I'm mm-hmm. hoping, like, I'm hoping there's not a lot of them, but, like, this is the best sequel episode because Haunted Mask Part 1 was amazing. Um, Let's see. The cover here is, uh, I, I remember this cover. You know, we had this book, too. The colors, you know, blue and orange, perfect colors, very complementary Class- of each other. You know, they make each other pop. So awesome. The cover itself is uh, this kid that's walking up to, like, stepping up into somebody's porch. Uh, he's got a bag of candy, and his mask face is not the same mask as part one, but it's kind of similar. It's green. It's got one snaggly tooth. It looks kind of like a witch meets a vampire almost. It's got pointy ears. Uh, it's, it's got, like, a, some face peel on the, on the forehead. Looks like a, a little bit of an old man. Kind of like some spiders in the hair. It looks cool. Um... I'm excited. Tagline reads, new face, old nightmare. That's foreboding. I like it. Yeah. So in terms of the episode itself, um, I think, I think we're, I'm hoping that Carly Beth returns and um, Sabrina's there too, because she was great. And um, I I don't think it's going to be Carly Beth that takes the mask. I think it's going to be like a different kid and she's got to like, oh boy, I'm living this shit again. Let's get this mask (laughs) off this kid and bury the bust that his mom made to save the day. Okay. I think you're pretty close. Which, you know, this one isn't a hard one to guess, I think. <laughs> no, no. It's a I kind of already know the base work, yeah. Well, I'm pretty excited for it. I mean, other than that Snaggletooth, uh, I like <laughs> that cover a lot. <laughs> the Snaggletooth is, comes out of left field, yeah. <laughs> it's good. I was really looking forward to this episode, just because... You know, Catherine Long and and Catherine Short, too, they do such great jobs, and it's going to be really great to see them again, um, see how they grew up a little bit, and see what's coming next, because they've they've just probably seasoned, you know? Like, they've been even better. Yeah. The Catherines are great. Yeah. The cover's not as cool or as unique and, and interesting as the first book, but it's fine. No. Few covers can be. Mm-hmm. It's legendary. Well, I'm excited for that. Yeah, like, I, I know I don't really care for doing two parts, but, like, I can make an exception for this one. It's It's got to be a million times better than Attack the Mutant, right? I That's mean, all it's I Haunted ask. Mask. Exactly, yeah. All right. Well, that's next week for us, Cortland. That's right. it for Attack of the Jack-O-Lanterns. I've been up all night, and I'll see you next week. All right, sounds good. See you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. You're not scaring us.